بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وأفضل الصلاة وأتم التسليم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد الفاتح لما أغلق والخاتم لما سبق ناصر الحق بالحق والهادي إلى صراطك المستقيم وعلى آله وصحبه حق قدره ومقداره العظيم اللهم نوينا التعلم والتعليم والتذكر والتذكير والنفع والانتفاع والإفادة والاستفادة والحث على التمسك بكتاب الله وسنة رسوله والدعاء إلى الهدى والدلالة على الخير ابتغاء وجه الله ومرضاته وقربه وثوابه سبحانه وتعالى. So in this session we're going to look at chapter 11 from the book. So for those who have a translation, this translation. You can follow along, uh, reading from chapter 11. And, Al-Qawl fi alamat mahabbat al-abd lillah. So it is the section on the signs of the servant's love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if a servant loves Allah, what are the signs that indicate the trueness of that statement? Or... The, the proof of that statement. So Imam al-Ghazali says, Bismillah. I'lam anna al-mahabbata qad yadda'iha kullu ahad. Know that love can be claimed by anyone. Muhib, muhib, I love, we're lovers. It's become a thing. It can easily become something that a person claims. Wama ashala da'wa, wama a'azza al-ma'na. How easy is it to just claim it but how rare is its reality? It's easy to claim that you're a lover, but the reality of what it means to be a lover of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is something very dear in reality. So it's important that a person is not deluded by the tricks of the shaytan and the treachery of the nafs into believing that they love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala unless they have the proof of that and it's true. The Imam al-Ghazali says something beautiful. That love, and he relates it back to Surah Ibrahim, the similitude of the tree. That love is like a good tree whose roots are firm and branches reach into the heavens. Its fruits, it bears fruit in the heart and the tongue and on the limbs. It's beautiful. Those fruits, those effects that are uh, seen from this tree, they show the state of the heart and prove whether it truly is a heart that has love in it, just like smoke indicates that there is a fire. So, of the signs that a servant loves Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, حب لقاء الحبيب بطريق الكشف والمشاهدة في دار السلام the first is loving to meet the beloved. The first of the signs, Imam al-Ghazali, he goes right into it. 
loving to meet the beloved. That is a witness that he who is seen through unveiling and witnessing, spiritual witnessing in the abode of peace, i.e. in the akhirah, in the hereafter, in paradise, when we look upon the countenance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, may we all be granted that. Ameen. So then Imam al-Ghazali says that a person, it is not conceivable that you love, yet you do not want to meet your beloved. That one of the ways that love is intensified and the feeling of love is complete is to be with your beloved. Otherwise, it's a torture. فَلَا يُتَصَوَّرُ أَنْ يُحِبَّ الْقَلْبُ مَحْبُوبًا إِلَّا وَيُحِبُّ مُشَاهَدَتَهُ The heart, if it loves someone, it wants to meet the beloved and see the beloved. وَإِذَا عَلِمَ أَنَّهُ لَا وُصُولَ إِلَّا بِرْتِحَالٍ مِنَ الدُّنْيَا وَمُفَارَقَتِهَا بِالْمَوْتِ فَيَنْبَغِي أَنْ يَكُونَ مُحِبًّا لِلْمَوْتِ غَيْرَ فَارٍ مِنْهُ So, and if someone is told that the way that you meet your beloved is that you have to pass from this world, then the lover loves that passing, loves death, and is not afraid of it. Now, does that mean that we should be always looking forward to that? Imam al-Ghazali, as usual, he lays it out very clearly. If I could just ask as much as possible, people are able to move forward in whatever space there is, just to make space for others. Jazakumullahu khairan. Allah reward you. <clears throat> then Imam al-Ghazali says, فَإِنَّ الْمُحِبِّ لَا يَثْقُلُ عَلَيْهِ السَّفَرُ عَنْ وَطَنِهِ إِلَى مُسْتَقَرِّ مَحْبُوبِهِ لِيَتَنَعَّمَ بِمُشَاهَدَتِهِ The lover, if someone tells the lover, you have to travel a far distance to go see your beloved. It's all good. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is not saying that Allah is in a place. It's time and space is creation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is above that. But that if this is the journey that has to be taken to get to your beloved, Person says, okay, sign me up. وَالْمَوْتُ مِفْتَاحُ And death is the key to that meeting. وَبَابُ الدُّخُولِ إِلَى الْمُشَاهَدَةِ And the door upon which you enter into witnessing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, مَنْ أَحَبَّ لِقَاءَ اللَّهِ أَحَبَّ اللَّهُ لِقَاءَهِ Whoever loves to meet Allah, Allah loves to meet them. Whoever loves to meet Allah, whoever yearns, and as Shaykh Yahya was saying yesterday, that's a dua that we should make. That the greatest moment of yearning that we ever experience in this world is the moment right before we leave this world. That our souls are going to fly out of excitement and joy at meeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. After, the Prophet also teaches us that the righteous... They ask Allah for a long life, but a long life in His obedience. A long life in His obedience. Because the more, and he's going to talk about that. It's a beautiful description, so I don't want to jump ahead and not give it its right. وَقَالَ بَعْضُ السَّلَفِ مَا مِنْ خَصْلَةٍ أَحَبُّ إِلَى اللَّهِ أَن تَكُونَ فِي الْعَبْدِ بَعْدَ حُبِّ لِقَائِهِ مِنْ كَثْرَةِ السُّجُودِ One of the righteous predecessors, it's not a hadith, but one of the righteous scholars, he said, there is no attribute or quality more beloved to Allah 
that a servant has after loving to meet him than that that servant has abundant sujood. The, the servant prostrates abundantly. So Imam al-Ghazali says that the scholar says after the love of meeting him, the greatest quality a person can have after loving to meet him is abundant sujood, is prostrating. One of the Sahaba, he came to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi And he was serving him. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Sal, ask whatever you want. He said, As'aluka murafaqataka fil jannah. said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, I ask you to be in your company in paradise. And then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this is a test for the lover. He said, do you want anything else? He said, that's it. That's all I want. He passed the test. And then the Prophet said, Assist me against your nafs through doing abundant sujood. So abundant sujood, prostrating in abundance, is a key that opens up these doors of love and of nearness and of accompanying the Prophet. So that's a sign. If someone wants to test themselves, these are the criteria that they judge themselves against. When Sayyidina Abu Bakr wrote his wasiya to Umar, the Khalifa after him, he said, he said, the truth is heavy. And in addition to being heavy, it's bitter. And falsehood is light. And in addition to being light, it's something enjoyable. So if you hold on to my counsel, if you fulfill what I am counseling you to do, there will not be anything uh, that you are waiting for more beloved to you than death. And it is coming to you. In other words, you're prepared for that moment. And if you abandon my counsel to you, there will not be anything waiting for you more hateful to you than death, and you can never escape it. And Sayyidina Abu Bakr is giving Sayyidina Umar a very high-level reminder. But the point is that if a person lives up to these ideals, then death is something that they welcome. It doesn't mean that we hasten and invite it upon ourselves in ways that are displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But many, many sahaba, that was their state. When they left this world, they were happy. As Sayyida Fatima Zahra radiallahu anha wa ardaha, the daughter, the beloved daughter of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam, at the end of his life, she came to visit him. And he was going through the uh, experience, the, the illness that he was experiencing physically. And he whispered something in her ear and she began to weep. And then he whispered another thing a second time in her ear and she was happy and smiling. As Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu anha, she asked her, what, what did the Messenger of Allah whisper to you? She said, I can't reveal his secret. So then after the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam returned to his Lord, she asked a second time, she said, the first time he whispered in my ear, he told me that, that he sees that this will be the, the, the final moments of his life in this world. So I began to weep. 
The second time he whispered in my ear, he told me, I am the first member of his household who will follow him. So she smiled and she was happy. She was overjoyed. Someone tells you you're going to die. Uh-oh. But she was, look at, look at the strength of their iman. And that she wanted to be reunited with the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Al-mar'u ma'man ahab, a person is with the ones they love. Radiyallahu anha wa ardaha. Sayyidina Bilal, radiyallahu anhu, the mu'adhin of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, at his time of death, his wife, obviously, uh, you know, feeling the pain of her beloved passing, she said, Wa karbah, wa karbah, what a calamity, what a difficulty, what a, you know, a, a, a bad situation we're in. And Sayyidina Bilal, radiallahu anhu arda, he said, Bal wa farhata, wa farhata. He said, and actually, what a joyous moment, what a happy occasion. So what do you mean? You're about to die. He said, غَدًا أَلْقَ الْأَحِبَّةِ مُحَمَّدًا وَصُحْبَةِ Tomorrow I will be reunited with my beloved, Muhammad and his companion, And there's many other examples. So it's preparing for that moment and realizing that that moment is a key. And this is another thing that really changes the cognitive frame of this entire deen. People go, oh, no, the grave is this. And uh, there's uh, someone in Sunday school told me there's a big snake that will come and wrap itself around your neck and choke you. And it's like, why does someone tell that to a five-year-old? I don't know. And I was like, I, I haven't come across. I don't, there, are, there are intense realities in the akhirah. But then there's also beautiful things. And the salihin, I've seen this with my own eyes. We were with Sheikh Yahya and we visited Dr. Mustafa Bedawi. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward him and bless him. And matter-of-factly, just having conversation over tea, and he goes, I'm looking forward to the Akhirah. Right? Because I think my time in this world is, I'm, I'm almost finished. I'm like, Dr. Musaba, don't say that. He goes, no, no, no. The Akhirah is a nice place. And he's just like, complete yaqeen. I've heard good things about it. <laughs> really? You're like, mashallah, this is someone who's been preparing for that. And that's a sign of love. That's a sign of love. Naam. وَيُرْوَأْ عَنْ إِسْحَاقِ إِبْنِ سَعَدِ إِبْنِ أَبِي وَقَاسِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ قَالَ حَدَّثَنِي أَبِي أَنَّ عَبْدِ اللَّهِ إِبْنِ جَحْشٍ This is intense. I want us to understand this properly. Our deen is beautiful. Everything falls in its... That's what wisdom is. It's putting everything in its proper place. You don't have a reminder about death at a wedding. And you don't have a reminder about, you know, love at a funeral. Everything has its proper place, okay? But understand the underlying wisdom here and the state of the Sahaba, radiyallahu anhum wa ardahum. So, حدثني أبي أن عبد الله بن جحش قال يوم أحد Abdullah ibn Jahsh, radiyallahu anhu, on the, at the battle of Uhud, he said, أَلَا نَدْعُ اللَّهَ تَعَالَى Should we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and make dua to him? So he went to the side and he started making dua. And he said, يَا رَبِّ إِنِّي أَقْسَمْتُ عَلَيْكَ إِذَا لَقِيتُ الْعَدُوْ غَدًا فَلَقِّنِي رَجُلًا شَدِيدًا بَأْسُهُ شَدِيدًا حَرْدُهُ 
أقاتله فيك ويقاتلني ثم يأخذني فيجدع أنفي وأذني ويبقر بطني فإذا لقيتك غدا So let me go piece by piece It's beautiful So he goes and he makes dua Someone overhears him He says Ya Allah I ask you That if I fight in the battle tomorrow and I, and I come to meet the enemy Let me fight someone who is very strong And a great, uh, an intense fighter and an intense warrior And I will fight him for your sake And he will fight me And that he will essentially overcome me And he, he asks in the dua to be mutilated You're not supposed to that's not, This is a maqam Ali Okay? This is a high level. This doesn't mean that we're necessarily supposed to ask for this. But then you'll understand the degree of love. So he says, he mutilates me, so on and so forth. We won't have to get into that. So then I, uh, so فَإِذَا لَقِيتُكَ غَدًا This is what it's all about. He says, so when I meet you tomorrow, i.e. the akhirah, and you will say to me, يَا عَبْدَ اللَّهِ مَنْ جَدَعَ أَنْفَكَ وَأُذُنَكَ Who is it that cut your ears and your nose. It happened for your sake and the sake of your messenger. And you say to me, you've spoken the truth. That's what he wants. You know, in the world, people do crazy things to prove their love. He wants to prove his love and, and, and lose himself in the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so he can have this mukhataba. He can be addressed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What happened to you? All of this happened for you and for your messenger. And to be told by Allah, you've spoken the truth. What kind of love is going to be given? And obviously this is a very high level and people are very sensitive to you know, anything that's kind of seemingly violent. But it's really talking about the extent the lover is willing to go in yearning to meet the beloved. So understand it in its proper place. وَقَالَ الْبُوَيْطِ لِبَعْضِ الزُّهَادِ أَتُحِبُّ الْمَوْتِ الْبُوَيْطِ He said to someone who was detached, like an ascetic, Do you love death? فَكَأَنَّهُ تَوَقَّفْ So he kind of, the man that he asked, he kind of paused. What do you mean? So then he said to him, he saw that he hesitated. قَالَ لَوْ كُنْتَ صَادِقًا لَأَحْبَبْتَهُ That if you're true, you would have loved it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala testing uh, Bani Israel He said to them Wish for death if you're truthful If you're true then wish for death So the man said Hold on The Prophet said Let none of you hope for death So then he responded to him And he said the Prophet ﷺ said that to someone who's afflicted with some difficulty and challenge. Don't hope for death. Because being content with Allah's decree is better than fleeing from it. But if that's the reason that someone wants to die because it's bad and difficult, that's different. But if someone loves death so that they can meet Allah, that's a whole different category altogether. Naam. فَإِنْ قُلْتَ فَمَنْ لَا يُحِبُّ الْمَوْتَ فَهَلْ يُتَصَوَّرْ أَنْ يَكُونَ مُحِبًّا لِلَّهِ So Imam Al-Ghazali, he says, so what if you ask, okay, if someone doesn't love death, does that mean that they don't love Allah? 
So then he said, it could be a number of reasons. Hating death might be due to loving the dunya. It is still conceivable that although a person has attachments in the dunya, that they still have a little bit of love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because people are of varying degrees of love. So this is from chapter 11 for those who are following along. So then Imam al-Ghazali says, it's still possible that a person's not uh, comfortable with that idea. And let's be honest, yani, this is a high degree. But Imam al-Ghazali is showing us the true signs. But he says, even though a person might have these attachments, it's still possible that they have a little bit of love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he says, As for another reason a person might hate death, it's because a person is just in the beginning stages of love. And it's not that they dislike death, but they've just started. <laughs> and that he doesn't want to be hastened. He wants to prepare or she wants to prepare herself to meet Allah. This is not an indication of a weakness of love. It's like someone who's told, your beloved is coming. So hold on, hold on, I gotta clean the house, I gotta get ready, I wanna look nice, I want everything to be presentable and in the best state. Ah, that's not a bad kind of desire for the delay. It's not the delay of the beloved, but it's, it's, it's just having that pause so that you can prepare properly. So that is okay, and that's part of love. <laughs> and the sign that this is the state of a person, is that they are immersed in ibadah. And their entire concern is immersed in preparing to meet Allah. The next sign of loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, well, time is flying by. أَن يَكُونَ مُؤَثِّرًا مُؤْثِرًا مَا أَحَبَّهُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى عَلَى مَا يُحِبُّهُ فِي ظَاهِرِ وَبَطِنِ Is that a person prefers what Allah loves over what they love themselves. That's a sign. That I love what Allah loves for me more than I, what I have an inclination towards myself. فَلْيُلْزِمْ مَشَاقَ الْعَمَلِ وَيَجْتَنِبُ اتِّبَاعَ الْهَوَى This person who has this quality, they hold on, even the difficulty of ibadah, they hold on to it. And they avoid falling into their caprices, their whims and desires. And they overcome laziness. They overcome laziness. And then they to continue to get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, through the ibadat and through nawafil and through voluntary acts of worship. Huh? And this person, they seek higher and higher degrees of nearness to Allah, just like a lover wants to continue to get closer and closer and closer to their beloved. So you love your beloved. 
but you want to be the clo as close as possible. You want even more love and even more nearness. This is the state of this person. Right? This is the state of this person. Now, and that a person, uh, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, يُحِبُّونَ مَنْ هَاجَرَ إِلَيْهِمْ About the Ansar. They love those who migrate to them. The Ansar love the Muhajireen. They love those who migrate to them. وَلَا يَجِدُونَ فِي صُدُورِهِمْ حَاجَةً مِمَّا أُوتُوا And they have nothing in their hearts of desiring what they have been given. In other words, they're happy at the gifts that they've been given. وَيُؤْثِرُونَ عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ وَلَوْ كَانَ بِهِمْ خَصَاصًا And they prefer them over their self, themselves even if they have a need. These are levels of love. These are levels of love. The highest level of love is that you prefer your beloved over yourself even if you have a need. And you prefer what your beloved wants over what you want. Now, so that's another sign. And then, oh, this is really beautiful. This is really profound, actually. This is the story, is the story of the wife of Prophet Yusuf, Joseph, Zulaikha. We hear the beginning of her story in the Quran. When uh, Prophet Yusuf, Joseph, peace be upon him, is in the house of the Aziz. And his wife becomes uh, uh, overwhelmed by the beauty of Prophet Yusuf And then, to make a long story short, uh, she's overcome with that, uh, with being uh, impressed by him and, and uh, struck by his beauty. And then this Prophet Yusuf uh, is accused of something he doesn't do. He goes to jail. Many years later, he comes out and he is one of the ministers of the king. Now he's in a position that is uh, uh, very honored. Prophet Yusuf السلام, then, uh, after she, she's no longer married to her husband, I'm not sure if the Aziz divorces her or he dies, Allahu A'lam, but he marries Zulaikha. So they get married and she makes tawbah. She asks Allah for forgiveness and she makes tawbah and uh, uh, repents for uh, lying and for going about things in the wrong way. But when she marries Prophet Yusuf السلام, then the door opens for her in the sweetness of the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. كَمَا رُوِيَ أَنَّ زُلَيْخَ لَمَّا آمَنَتْ وَتَزَوَّجَ بِهَا يُوسُفَ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامُ When Zulaikha believed and Joseph, peace be upon him, married her, انفردت عنه She would actually be in solitude away from him. وَتَخَلَّتْ لِلْعِبَادَةِ And she would go into a khalwa and just worship Allah. وَانْقَطَعَتْ إِلَى اللَّهِ تَعَالَى فَكَانَ يَدْعُوهَا So uh, as naturally between people who are married, he would, he would say, come spend time with me. And she would not spend time with him. In the day she would say later. At night she would say later. And then he told her, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded me to have children. So because Allah has commanded me, come spend time with me. And she said, for that I'll spend time with you. Because Allah has commanded it. But when she tasted the sweetness of the love of Allah, it overtook even how uh, overwhelmed she was and fixated she was on Prophet Yusuf. Do you understand the point of the story? That that in, it pales in comparison. When she married Prophet Yusuf, you would now imagine, now I have my beloved. 
but he's a prophet of Allah, so then Allah opened an even greater door for her to witness the, the, the perfect beauty, the one who bestowed a piece of beauty, of created beauty in Prophet Yusuf salam. So when that door opened up for her, she no longer was uh, uh, fixated on the physical beauty, but she was fixated on the beauty of her Lord, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <clears throat> so that shows when a person is uh, loves what their beloved wants over their own desires. And also, another meaning of this is obedience. One of the greatest meanings of this, practically speaking, is obedience. As Abdullah ibn al-Mubarak, he says, You disobey Allah and you act like you love Him. This is a very strange action to do. If your love was true, you would have obeyed Him. The lover is obedient to their beloved. The lover is obedient to their beloved. We'll continue on. La ilaha illallah. Another, so, and then Imam al-Ghazali has another question. So is obedience, he, Imam al-Ghazali is very thorough. Because then the question, okay, so you just said if you uh, love him, then you're going to obey him, but I love him, but I, I'm still working on it. So then he says, Does disobedience contradict the basis of love? And then he says, it contradicts the perfection of love, the, the completion of love, but it doesn't contradict the basis of love, that there is some love. And then he mentions, he says that a person might eat a food that's not good for them, and they know it's not good for them, and they love their own self, and they know it's going to harm them, but they still do it anyway. There's an internal contradiction. So a person might love Allah, but still do something that is disobedient. And then he mentioned one of the companions of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that he would uh, perform a particular uh, sin that required a had, that required a punishment. So, you know, they would continuously happen more than once, multiple times. So then one time they found him and they had to, to punish him. So then uh, one of the Sahaba, he was... Uh, uh, he cursed him. He said, ما أكثر ما يؤتى به رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم. How often the Messenger of Allah has to bring him to be punished. And he cursed him. فقال صلى الله عليه وسلم لا تلعنه. Don't curse him. فإنه يحب الله ورسوله. He loves Allah and his Messenger. Even in this situation. And that's another thing is that we have to look at other people and, and help them along the way. Not kick them while they're down. But we have to help them along the way. We show them that love that they need and we recognize that there's good in them. And who is free of mistakes? Who doesn't have flaws? So if we see someone, even if they're in a really bad situation, we wish the best for them. And we recognize the good that is within them and we highlight that and we try to bring it out as much as possible. Now, <clears throat> But Imam al-Ghazali then says, تُخْرِجُهُ الْمَعْصِيَةُ عَنْ كَمَالِ الْحُبِّ But sins 
exclude a person from attaining the perfection of love. So even then, we shouldn't settle for that. We want complete, complete love, the highest degrees of love. وَقَدْ قَالَ بَعْضُ الْعَارِفِينَ إِذَا كَانَ الْإِمَانَ فِي ظَاهَرِ الْقَلْبِ أَحَبَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَى حُبًّا مُتَوَسِّطًا One of the knowers of Allah said, if iman, if faith, is on the surface of the heart, it reaches the surface of the heart, the spiritual heart, then a person has a medium amount of love for Allah. فَإِذَا دَخَلَ سُوَيْدَاءِ الْقَلْبِ But if it enters into the deepest depths of the heart, then that person has intense love and leaves aside sin. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq. Ameen. That we taste the sweetness. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's good pleasure is more beloved to us than even something that our nafs is attached to and maybe a bad habit that we think we can never overcome. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make his obedience sweeter and more beloved to us and that thing ugly and bitter in our sight. Ameen, ya Rabbil Alameen. وَمَا ذَلِكَ عَلَى اللَّهِ بِعَزِيزِ That's not difficult for Allah to grant us that. Another of the signs of a servant's love for Allah, أَنْ يَكُونَ مُسْتَهْتِرًا بِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى That the person is always overcome and engaging in the remembrance of Allah abundantly. They say when a person loves a thing, they abundantly remember it. They think about it all the time. They mention all the time. So what about the one who loves Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? فَمَنْ أَحَبَّ شَيْئًا أَكْثَرَ بِالضَّرُورَةِ ذِكْرًا وَذِكْرًا مَا يَتَعَلَّقُ بِهِ And anything related to it. فَعَلَامَةُ حُبِّ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى حُبُّ ذِكْرِهِ so a sign of love of Allah is loving to remember Him, His remembrance. And loving the Qur'an, which is His speech. And loving His Messenger. And loving everything that is affiliated and returns back to Allah and connected to Him. فَإِنَّ مَنْ يُحِبُّ إِنسَانًا يُحِبُّ كَلْبَ مَحَلَّتِهِ Whoever loves a person, they love the dog that lives in their neighborhood. Which is why one time, مَجْنُونَ uh, لَيْلَى uh, Which is like the, the, the method, the mithad. مَجْنُونَ لَيْلَى One time مَجْنُونَ was just like, لَيْلَى, لَيْلَى, لَيْلَى They're like, Layla's not here. What reminded you of Layla? It's like, I saw that dog near Layla's house one time. Ah, that's love. That's love that you remember. Someone, you, let's say for example, let's bring it even closer. Someone you love dearly, a grandparent, you know, a child, someone you love dearly, dearly, that you lost, they passed away. And then someone mentions their name or you smell something that smells like them or you hear a qasida or something that they used to love or you see an item of their clothing you're, you're, you're overtaken you rem- and so what happened? I remember Every, everything reminds me of them you're reminded by se- se- seemingly slight things because you're in love because of the special place they have in your heart so the beloved always remembers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and as Allah says in the Quran 
Those who believe and their hearts find peace in the remembrance of Allah. Truly in the remembrance of Allah, hearts find peace. So this is, this is really beautiful. This is about loving the Qur'an. One of the ways that we can judge ourselves is loving the Qur'an. Really loving the Qur'an. You know, not just necessarily, and it's beautiful because it, it, it's really helping us appreciate the Qur'an. It's not just loving a beautiful voice. Someone who is just singing the Qur'an. But loving, loving, loving the Qur'an. That there was, I heard of a woman who couldn't even read Arabic. But she loved the Mus'haf. And she would pick up the Mus'haf and she would just look at it. She would say, this is the, these are the words of Allah. This, is, this contains the Qur'an. This is the Mus'haf. And she had a reverence even for that. So loving the Qur'an, really loving the Qur'an, understanding what it is, allowing it to really illuminate our hearts. That's a sign that you love Allah. وَقَالَ إِبْنُ مَسْعُودٍ إِبْنُ مَسْعُودٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ وَأَرْضَاهُ سَدْ لَا يَنْبَغِي أَنْ يَسْأَلَ أَحَدُكُمْ عَنْ نَفْسِهِ إِلَّا بِالْقُرْآنِ Nobody should judge themselves except according to the Qur'an. You want to know where you are? Judge yourself according to the Qur'an. فَإِنْ كَانَ يُحِبُّ الْقُرْآنِ فَهُوَ يُحِبُّ اللَّهَ عَزَّ وَجَلْ If he loves the Qur'an, then he loves Allah, glorious and majestic. وَإِنْ لَمْ يَكُنْ يُحِبُّ الْقُرْآنِ فَلَيْسَ يُحِبُّ اللَّهِ If the person doesn't love the Qur'an, then they don't love Allah. Simple as that. And you see the Salihin, they swim in the endless ocean of the Qur'an and they're never satiated. Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan would do an entire khatam of the Qur'an, an entire complete reading of the entire Qur'an in Qiyam al-Layl every night. Every night. And he would say, if the hearts became purified, they would never tire of the Qur'an. They would never be bored. And some of the other Sahaba, like Sayyidina Tamim al-Dari and others, the entire Qiyam al they would stand up for hours at night reciting one verse over and over and over and over and over again. Meanings, meaning, spiritual realization and experience that they're getting from the Qur'an. They love Allah. They love Allah. وَقَالَ سَهْنٌ رَحِمُهُ اللَّهُ سَهْلٌ بِنْ عَبْدِ اللَّهِ تُسْتَرِي He said, عَلَامَةُ حِبِّ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى حِبُّ الْقُرْآنِ the sign of Allah's love is loving the Qur'an. وَعَلَامَةُ This is really beautiful. وَعَلَامَةُ حُبِّ اللَّهِ وَحُبِّ الْقُرْآنِ حُبُّ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَآلِهِ وَسَلَّمُ And a sign that you love Allah and that you love the Qur'an is that you love the Prophet صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَآلِهِ وَسَلَّمُ وَعَلَامَةُ حُبِّ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ حُبُّ السُنَّةِ and a sign that you love the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم is that you love the Sunnah. وَعَلَامَةُ حُبِّ السُنَّةِ حُبُّ الْآخِرَةِ And a sign that you love the Sunnah is that you love the hereafter. وَعَلَامَةُ حُبِّ الْآخِرَةِ بُغْضُ الدُّنْيَا And a sign that you love the hereafter is that you dislike worldliness and the life of this world. وَعَلَامَةُ بُغْضِ الدُّنْيَا أَلَّا يَأْخُذَ مِنْهَا إِلَّا زَادًا وَبَلَغَةً إِلَى الْآخِرَةِ And a sign that you don't like the world 
is that you only take from it what you need for the hereafter. We need to live in the world. We need to eat and sleep and live and be safe and so forth. But we only take what we need from that for the Akhirah. We're not stopping at the, the rest area. We continue and we're just preparing for the, uh, the final destination. Now, another of the signs of Allah is that a person feels uns, feels uh, intimacy. That's the translation for the word, this intimacy, this solace, this comfort in khalwa. And that's something that we have to get used to. We have to train ourselves. And I, my, like I can see a huge difference in my life before quote-unquote smartphone, after quote-unquote smartphone. When we were in Yemen, when we were studying, ah, for long periods of time, you wouldn't even feel it. Now it's like an itch. I've got to check. And it's like, put it away. Just focus. Remove everything from your heart. And as the Prophet said, that Allah says, I am the companion of the one who remembers me. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I am sitting with the one who remembers me. It's that close. You are entered. You know, if you want to meet one of the kings of the world or famous people, you know, people get really happy. Let's take a selfie. Let's take a picture. I met someone famous. I'm going to post this and show this to the world who I met. And if it's someone who it's permissible, they're not like a terrible person, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But if they're a terrible person, don't be happy. Be happy when you meet the awliya. After meeting the awliya, I said, I will never be happy or excited about anyone from the dunya I meet. Inshallah, the king of the world. I don't care. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has honored me and blessed me with meeting people who are His beloved servants. To shake their hands and to be in their company and to, to benefit from them. I don't care who you are. You don't compare to them. They are the kings of the akhirah. Why am I going to be impressed by the kings of the dunya? Anyway, didn't mean to go there. Allahumma salli wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad. So people get really excited when they meet uh, someone like that. And they want to, you know, but, but if you actually try to plan it out and you say, you know, I'm your biggest fan, I'd love to meet you, I just need five minutes of your time, I just have, you know, something I'm going through that I want to discuss with you, you would have to go through all of these layers of red tape and a secretary and this, and they'll probably reject you. A million people reach out to them every day trying to get that, and, and so on and so forth. And the door to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is wide open. Anytime you want access to being in the courtyard of the, the king of the heavens and the earth subhanahu wa ta'ala, you're welcome. Whenever you're ready. Whenever you have time. Whenever you want to bring your heart to be present before Allah, you're there. No one in the world will give you that kind of time. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one who says, Kun fayakun, and can fulfill all of your needs, and who if answers one dua from you, can raise you to the highest of degrees, invites you. Every single night, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls out, Is there anyone who's seeking forgiveness that I may forgive them? Anyone who has a need that I may fulfill their need? And the Sahaba, Rasulullah, is this Laylatul Qadr? 
This is an amazing opportunity. Is it this special hidden night of the year? The Prophet said, it is every single night. Every single night you have that opportunity, I have that opportunity. The lover loves to be with their beloved. They love that tranquility and uh, being alone with their beloved. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Naam. It's not that much time. So, فَإِذًا عَلَامَةُ الْمَحَبَّةِ كَمَالُ الْأُنْسِ بِمُنَاجَاتِ الْمَحْبُوبِ So one of the signs of love is that a person is completely comfortable in the intimacy with their beloved. وَكَمَالُ الْإِسْتِحَاشِ مِنْ كُلِّ مَا يَنْغَصُ عَلَيْهِ الْخَلْوَةِ وَيُعَوِّقْ عَنْ لَذَّةِ الْمُنَاجَاتِ And anyone who interrupts that is the most bothersome thing for that person. وَقَدْ انْتَهَتْ هَذِهِ اللَّذَّةِ بِبَعْضِهِمْ حَتَّى إِنَّهُ كَانَ فِي صَلَاتِهِ وَقَعَ الْحَارِيقُ فِي دَارِهِ فَلَمْ يَشْعَرْ بِهِ وَقُطِعَتْ رِجْلُ بَعْضِهِمْ بِسَبَبِ عِلَّةٍ أَصَابَتُهُ وَهُوَ فِي الصَّلَاتِ فَلَمْ يَشْعَرْ بِهِ Sayyidina Urwa ibn al-Zubayr radiallahu anhu This feeling of intimacy and being close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would overtake them so much that Sayyidina Urwa ibn al-Zubayr he had to have his leg amputated. Said, amputate my leg while I'm in salah. And he didn't feel it. It's high, high, high levels of mahabba. This is Sahaba Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Allah revealed to Dawood. Qad kathaba man adda'a mahabbati idha jannahu al-layl nama anni. Allah said to Dawood alayhi salam, a person has made a false claim if they say that they love me, but then when the night overtakes them, they sleep away from me. Doesn't every lover love to meet their beloved? So here I am for anyone who seeks me. And then Allah said to Musa, Prophet Musa السلام, asked Allah, He said, Ya Rabbi, aina anta fa'aqsudak? Where are you so that I may seek you out? And then Allah said, Ida qasadta faqad wasalt. If you and your heart are setting yourself, if you are directing yourself towards me, you have found me. You have reached me. It's that easy. Another of the signs is that a person does not feel sorry for anything that they missed of the dunya. They don't feel sad about anything that they missed while they were seeking nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and while they were engaged in His worship and in His remembrance, Jalla Jalalu. And then if a person realizes that they've been engaged in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that there is something that interrupts that from their own self, that they immediately turn back to Allah. And they beseech Allah and they ask Allah in a way that is yani, as if like a, like a child really trying to, to make their, uh, you know, his or her parent be, go easy on them. So you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Imam al-Ghazali says, Rabbi, bi What sin made you cut your goodness off from me. And you distanced me from your presence. 
وشغلتني بنفسي وبمتابعة الشيطان and you made me busied with myself and following the shaytan. In other words, Ya Allah, I need you to bring me back. I need you to bring me back. In any moment, and complain to Allah of your own sins. Complain to Allah of your own nafs. And ask Allah to take care of your nafs. Uh, uh, and that's easier than trying to just fight your nafs on your own. Ask Allah to take. He's the Lord of your nafs. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now. Another of the signs is that a person loves acts of obedience and they're not heavy and difficult for him. And Imam al-Junaid, he said, The sign of love is that you always have energy. And the Prophet ﷺ, when it was time to pray, and he would tell Sayyidina Bilal to make the adhan, he would say, Arihna biha ya Bilal. Get, comfort us, Bilal. Comfort us with the adhan. Comfort us with the salah, O Bilal. So for the Prophet and for the people who love Allah, the dunya is heavy. And we all feel that. Love Allah or, or, or whatever degree a person has love of, of Allah, you feel that the dunya is heavy. And, but the nafs is pulling you. But you, you realize that actually what lightens that load is being with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, asking from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, remembering Him jalla jalalu, and so forth. One of the salihin said, Kabattu layla ishreena sana, that I struggled in Qiyam al layl for 20 years, thumma tana'amtu bihi ishreena sana, and then I enjoyed it for 20 years. It came easy and beloved to me for 20 years. So that's the way of the, the lovers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It comes easy for them. And they don't feel that weight. Another of the signs that you love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that a person becomes merciful uh, uh, towards all of Allah's servants and becomes firm against all of those who oppose Allah and all of those who do that which uh, uh, takes people away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That uh, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to one of his awliya, or described one of his awliya saying, الَّذِينَ يَكْلَفُونَ بِحُبِّي They are those who have such an affection, their, their expression of love is so affectionate that they show their love of me the way a child shows their love for one of its possessions. وَيَأْوُونَ إِلَىٰ ذِكْرِي كَمَا يَأْوِي النِّسْرِ إِلَىٰ وَكَرِهِ and that they go to my dhikr just like a hawk goes to its target. And that they have anger for my uh, things that are forbidden, for the boundaries of mine being transgressed, just the way a tiger becomes defensive and angry. So in their love, they're like a child. In their goal, they're like a hawk. And in their defense of this deen, they're like a tiger. Huh? And they don't care if it's a lot of people or not. So then Imam al-Ghazali says, look at this description or look at this uh, similitude. Because if you think about a child, if a child, for example, loves a toy, right? that child is going to hold on to that toy for dear life. Take it away from the child, they won't stop crying until you give it back. That child loves the toy so much that it wants to go to sleep with the toy. 
When he wakes up, where's my toy? And they hold on to it dearly. The awliya of Allah, that is an example of their love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They wake up, Allah. They go to sleep, Ya Allah. In all those moments, they can never, the distance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is painful, just like a child experiences in that moment, and so forth. So that is one of the signs <clears throat> and that they have a ghayra. They realize how valuable this deen is. And they realize that those things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made forbidden, they're harmful. So they become protective and defensive like lions and tigers for this deen. And they seek out good with ne- without ever being uh, distracted. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Yeah, inshallah, that's the various signs. And then Imam al-Ghazali says, and we'll end with this. So he says, according, according to the degree of your love and how much love you have of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and how much your heart has love of other things. He said, according to the degree of your love of Allah and your love of other things will be equal to the degree of blessings you experience in paradise. So if a person, their heart is fully in love with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they will have the fullness of the blessings of paradise. If it's mixed with something else, then even their experience in paradise will be, affix, uh, will be affected by that, that uh, discrepancy that shortcoming in that love. So, you know, that just really tells us that we should strive for these signs and really work even at, even at manageable levels. If we're going to remember Allah, even if it's like five minutes at night of just khalwa, putting your phone aside, distractions, if you have like a big walk-in closet or something like that, you do that and you just remember Allah, Ya Allah. And it can be so many different things. It can be dua, it can be dhikr, it can just be, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, Ya Allah. It can be reflecting on your day. It can be all different kinds of things. But that we commit ourselves to all of these signs. Say, even if you don't have all of it, have some of it. And you force yourself, you try to inculcate those qualities within you until they become natural and until they become firmly rooted, and we continue to always ask from Allah, to always ask from Allah, and to know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most generous. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala